I'm Brandon Kinder. I am the director of liturgy and worship here at Vox. Wow. I should have planned for the applause when I was practicing. Um, today I'm going to be facilitating an artist conversation. Um, it's interesting to me that we're having this conversation on the same Sunday that the story of the transfiguration is in the liturgical calendar. And as I was reading through the passage, one thing really stuck out to me while trying to synthesize the two. Verse 5 says, Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. After a South by Southwest show back in 2012, I had just gotten off stage and someone pointed out that Adam Duritz, the lead singer of Counting Crows, had been there watching us the whole time. Uh, and that's like my favorite band of all time. So I was freaked out. I was overwhelmed by his dazzling and bright dreadlocks. And I remember it took me like 15 or 20 minutes just to muster up the courage to go up to him and say something about, you know, your music is blah, blah, blah. Um, like, what do you even say when you find yourself face to face with one of your heroes? And I find it so fascinating that when Peter sees Jesus transfigured up on the mountain, all dazzling and bright, he was so overcome that all he could think to say was, uh, let's make something. Um, and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. What if the natural order of things is that like our Vox value of artistry says, we are a community of makers. We live into God's resemblance of the world back to its original vision. We're drawn to create just as our creator creates. The narrative that some people are creative and some are not is just false. So if that's true, and I believe that it is, it makes sense to me that when Peter was so overwhelmed by this divine spectacle, all he could muster up the courage to say was, um, let's make something. <laughs> what do you even say when you find yourself in front of one of your heroes? We have an incredible artist in residence here at Vox right now whose work the community will be familiar with, Marcus Clark. And What Is Your Voice is the second show that he's curated for us during his residency. And I love that it's filled with y'all's stuff. It's filled with Vox artists and Vox creative. I'm sure you've noticed all the beautiful pieces on the walls. And if you look back in the corner, there's a zine that you can pick up. One per family, please. <clears throat> um, and in Marcus's curatorial statement, he says, one of the most empowering things about artistic expression is the ability to to share your lived experiences with vulnerability, allowing others to enter it in an approachable way. In this, particularities become universals, and universals are particularities when we engage with the open-ended nature of creative expression. We invite viewers and readers to lean into the voices coming from the community and become curious as to how they might connect to the work. What is your voice is a celebration of what is possible when we speak boldly, when we listen intently, and when we connect expectantly. So today I wanna to talk to two of our incredible artists who have works in the current show because they made something. I don't know if it was inspired by really bright clothing or a dark cloud overhead, or if it's just simply they had the opportunity to create. But I do think that underneath it, all of these beautiful pieces on the walls and in the zine came from somewhere and had a purpose. So let's welcome Emily Galusha and Yen Hao Wang.
morning. Good morning. Uh, so why don't you, we'll start by introducing yourselves and how you have the microphone, so we'll let you go first. Okay, cool. Um, hi, if we haven't met, my name is Yen Hao. Um, I am from Houston. I grew up in the Clear Lake area, so fun fact, I actually went to the same high school as Wei, just uh, a couple years apart. Um, and so for me, um, in my kind of creative artistic journey, I grew up playing a lot of classical music, like over a decade combined of like classical piano, classical cello, um, and I also did like praise and worship. I feel like if you grew up in like an evangelical church, that's something that a lot of you might have done. Um, and then I moved to Austin. I went to UT, Hookham. Um, I try to put kind of those things behind me um, for whatever reason. Um, I joined an acapella group, learned to sing, um, and learned to mix. I was talking to Justice a little bit ago about like sound, um, and how I learned that in college. Um, and then now, I guess, having graduated in 22 um, as a young adult, I've been leaning a little bit more into kind of creative writing, um, particularly poetry and songwriting. Um, and so I've got a poem that I've presented um, in the zine that you can grab wherever it is. Hi, I'm Emily Galusha, and I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I moved to Austin in um, 2010, and I first came to Vox, I think it was around 2013, so I've been coming here off and on for a while. Um, it's a really great community, and to be able to express yourself in this way is, I feel like, is very special. Um, I live in Austin with my very supportive husband and very active two-year-old, Arthur, who's back in the toddler room. Um, I grew up in a super creative family. My mom is an artist and an art teacher, and my dad is um, a pretty goofy guy. They're just very supportive people, and that's kind of helped fuel being able to use art as my career. It's what I do for a living, and I feel very lucky to be able to do that. Um, and so today I am full-time artist and mom and graphic designer and creative director and so um, it's just really nice to be able to to do that day-to-day -day and then to share that with you guys as well so, you have your piece to read? so uh, tell us about your piece um, where did it come from and you can start by reading the, the poems um, okay, yeah, so my piece is a, a set of poems. It's three of them, um, and I'll read them. Dad, what did you feel when you looked down from that balcony? Did those dark, thick clouds murmur and thunder noiselessly and overwhelmingly in your mind's eye? Did you imagine the leap and feel your heart drop and turn away suddenly when it became too much? Were you tired of the meandering, seemingly endless and without progress, finding meaning in the meaningless, afraid to find anything less? Mom, what did you feel when you hid your heart? Your friends never knew the depths of your soul, nor your partner. The subconscious spun daily, turned hardened skin like eczema on your leg. Did it bleed when you scratched? What did you tell your hands to keep them from tearing at your heart? The resignation, unsatisfied, but 
but at least still beating. Pray. When you tell me to pray, I tense, I laugh, I cringe, I hesitate. I know that you are speaking to the only one whom you are not too proud, not too scarred, or not too scared, not too scarred, to speak your whole truth to. I just wish that I could be someone to speak your whole truth to. Thank you. So yeah, tell us about tell us about your piece. Where where did those come from? Yeah, so um, I wrote these poems um, about last year in June. Um, I had just finished going to the Austin Asian American Film Festival, and there was a film there called Who We Become that follows these three Filipina American women um, as they navigate um, relationships with family through the pandemic um, and the racial tension that kind of arose throughout that whole uh, chaotic period and just everything that they lived through. Um, and as I was watching it, it was kind of a mirror to me, um, kind of with the good and bad about like how I interact um, with my parents and my community back home. And so after watching that film, I was kind of inspired um, to go home and talk to my parents um, and to make connection. Um, and so over the next couple of months, I had conversations with my parents um, and tried to share vulnerably and open up with them. Um, and to my surprise, they actually opened up kind of in return. Um, and so I opened up to my dad a little bit about my mental health struggles um, and like trying to navigate the chaos of like being a young adult and like not knowing what to do. Um, and he kind of resonated and talked about his um, kind of early 20s of moving to Singapore, a new place, um, and contemplating life and the meaning of it um, and what might happen if he um, decided to end it. Um, and so I'd never heard him speak vulnerably about that before. Um, I think he doesn't tend to open up like a lot of immigrant Asian American parents. Um, and so that was um, very meaningful for me. And so that, that started that first poem. And then that led to a conversation with my mother um, about her experience, like loneliness and isolation growing up um, and how, um, as I felt kind of lonely with my friends moving off um, to all of these new places and kind of feeling like I had to rebuild community um, from scratch, she was like, yeah, like I don't feel like I've ever had anyone I could share vulnerability with. And I was like, not even dad? She's like, no, not dad. Um, and so um, at the same time, like she's had like, this eczema on her leg for, for decades and now I'm starting to develop it and so I think that was um, an interesting connection point of like, oh, we're both experiencing this physical kind of affliction, but also um, inheriting this um, like social intergenerational um, experience. Um, and then come from those conversations, there were some good, some sharing, also some bad and some tension. Um, and so I guess to finish it out, um, I wrote Pray kind of to voice kind of the tension I had with being home and making connection, but also um, feeling a lot of tension with how they related to faith and they really put it particularly to the way that I expressed my faith um, and kind of holding space for them as people um, with stories um, and seeing that a lot of the ways that they view God and relate with God come from where they come from and what they've lived through. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the inspiration between, behind these poems. 
Um, my three pieces are hanging over here. They are three watercolors. Um, yes, there's two right there. I, a lot of my work is derived from nature and inspired by nature. Um, I grew up, like I said, with a very creative family. We also spend a lot of time outside. My parents have this really pretty wooded backyard. And so we were very active outside and also in and inside, keeping our hands busy with artwork. And so I've found, um, <clears throat> excuse me, conveying a lot of my personal narrative and telling stories with uh, natural visuals is more dynamic than just me sitting here telling you my story or a struggle that I've been through. And so these pieces, there's three birds, there's three different species of birds. Um, it's very active, it's just kind of fluid. They're even hanging at different levels to kind of add that fluidity between the birds. Um, these are all uplifting and um, there's kind of a space around each bird that has a feeling of openness. And I like to use kind of a, a different mounting element whenever I frame my own. I frame all my own artwork and I like to use antiques. I'm kind of a collector. I used to be a sort of organized pack rat and I've tried to clean some of that out. But I love to um, collect things that have kind of a soul to them. I like the texture and the visual texture of the antiques. And my family has a lot of um, just like antiques in their home and my parents' house from handed down from grandparents and nothing super fancy. They just all have a story. And so I feel like it adds that depth to the story um, of the visuals. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Emily, tell us about how art, maybe making art helps you to find your voice. Um, I would almost say it is my voice sometimes. I... Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes just verbally expressing myself doesn't pack the punch. And so I really enjoy um, using animal symbolism in my work. Um, and I feel like the creator speaks to us through nature. And so that's a really great way for me to tell a story. Maybe it's something that's very emotional or it may be something as simple as, you know, trying to stay positive during the day. But taking a bird or um, that may represent something uplifting or a snake that could uh, represent transformation or transition, um, I feel like it has a very powerful dynamic behind it. What about you, Yan Hao? Yeah, um, I agree. I think the art that I write um, very much embodies my voice. Um, I have like this little notebook that I keep by my bed. Um, and when I'm just thinking... Um, I'll just kind of write down thoughts and it kind of turns into a thing. Um, and I think it's like very helpful for me as like an Enneagram 5. I'm like in my head like so much um, just to sit down and actually be like, ask my body, what am I feeling? Um, and how can I actually express that onto a page um, as a way to give voice um, to not just like what all the thoughts that I have um, and like that whirlpool that it is, but also to ask my body, my emotions, and like my spirit, like what what are are we feeling kind of collectively, um, and to to express that holistically. Um, within your whole body of work, have you noticed any thematic through lines that connect from piece to piece in general? 
yeah, it's interesting. We had like a meeting yesterday, kind of like uh, practicing this, and I was like, oh yeah, I feel like a lot of my work is like just like reflecting on self-image and like self-identity. And then I went back and read it. I was like, dang, this is really angsty too. Um, <laughs> so I guess those are the two common thorough lines. Um, it's reflecting on myself and the identities that I hold and kind of releasing some of the ones that I think were kind of imposed on me um, and trying to find the ones that come out of more, more deeply who I am um, and also identifying like where have I inherited voices, right? What are the voices of my parents and where do I see that channeled in me um, as an Asian American? Like what are the voices of my community and how does it reflect um, in me um, and to give emotion to that um, and also just to let all the angst out of being young and navigating the world. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, combining an element of history or an antique is kind of a commonality through my artwork. Um, and so I think there's a balance between the old soul between my, in myself that I see in these um, used pieces and combining that with something contemporary, like the really clean minimalist bird. I find that a lot in my artwork, that dichotomy, and I find that within myself as kind of an inner struggle of this childlike person and an old soul. And then I also, um, I was a dancer for a really long time. I did ballet and tap and jazz, and so there's lots of movement happening in my life all the time. And so I see that in my artwork too. There's a lot of a movement, whether it's literally a bird flying or it's feathers falling. Um, but I kind of noticed that in the, the more recent years that there is a lot of movement and fluidity within my work. Nice. Does viewing art, whatever format it's in, whether it's a painting or a sculpture or reading a poem, um, do you find that viewing those help you find your voice in addition to creating? Definitely. Um, I think whether it be a smaller gallery in town or a giant gallery in New York that has historical pieces, seeing other people put their work on the walls or writing something that's very personal and intimate and sharing it with others um, requires, for a lack of a better word, bravery, just to kind of like open up and here I am and putting it out there without too much worrying about what other people will think um, gets me very jazzed and makes me want to go create. And so I, you know, I'm very appreciative of the places that allow that expressive form. Yeah, I think for me as like a more, I think I consider myself like a very amateur artist. Um, I think a lot of viewing art or listening to art or reading art um, is actually a lot of looking at it and, and trying to figure out the story behind it and the, the technique and, and how this was created. Again, very Enneagram 5. Um, but I think it's really helpful. I think it's very beautiful to see the stories um, behind the art um, and to try and understand it a little bit more intimately. Um, I think it inspires um, my own art um, in finding things that I resonate with and like, oh, I didn't know I was feeling that until I saw this art piece. Um, and now I think I can create something off of it. 
Um, and it's also a lot of like imitation um, and being like, oh, like I went to this dance class um, the other day and it was like this choreo to this R&B song. And I was like, wow, that is a really interesting chord progression. And so I sat down at my synth like for like an hour afterwards. And I was like, what, what is, this? let me listen to this and figure this out. Cause I was like, I really want to put this in, in something that I can create as well. Um, so as we know, art is subjective. Beauty and meaning can be found and shaped in so many different ways depending on who is doing the viewing and what they're bringing to the piece. Um, but what would you like as the creators of these pieces, what would you like for people to take away from your pieces here in this show? Hmm. I think um, from my piece, takeaways, call your parents. Um, it, w within reason, you know, set boundaries. Um, and... <laughs> You know, but I think finding common ground and connection um, is so important, um, and it's something that I'm learning to do well. My sister's here, and she does it so much better than I do. She calls them much more regularly, um, and she's kind of my role model um, for, for doing that. Um, but yes, call your parents, um, or if you're a kid in the room. Actually, I guess they're all gone. Never mind. Um, yeah. Um, and I think just create space to hold your stories and the stories of your community. Um, I think as an Asian American, right, a lot of our, our history is like not kept um, except in oral histories, I think. So to write things down and, and to gather our oral histories into something that is physical um, and a little bit more permanent, I think that's really important. Um, I think for me, there's nothing real specific when viewing my art, but more what do you feel when you look at it? Just take a minute and ask yourself, you know, do you feel something? Does this remind you of something? Um, because I don't know about you guys, but if I don't create in some way, it's like a creative constipation and I can feel it like building up and I need to go make something. And so sometimes going out and viewing or listening to music or reading a good book or poetry, it releases that. Um, and I think it takes taking time, just taking a moment to, you know, look at the artwork, ask yourself if you feel anything. If not, that's fine. And if so, um, I kind of consider that a little gift. Thank you guys so much. Let's give a hand to our two amazing artists. Um, thank you both for sharing your voices with us today and every day. Uh, remember that we have a closing reception for the show on Saturday, March 23rd from five to seven. We're all invited. There will be drinks and refreshments and a few more artist talks. Um, should be a great time to support the artists in the show. You can sign up on the Church Center app or on our website at voxvignet.com slash signups. As we end our time here, um, I'd like to pray this prayer written by Julia Cameron. Oh, great creator, we are gathered together in your name that we may be of greater service to you and to our fellows. We offer ourselves to you as instruments. We open ourselves to your creativity in our lives. We surrender to you our old ideas and we welcome your new and more expansive ideas. We trust that you will lead us. We trust that it is safe to follow you. We know you created us and that creativity is your nature and our own. We ask you to unfold our lives according to your plan, not our low self-worth. Help us to believe that it is not too late and that we are not too small or too flawed to be healed by you and through each other and made whole. Help us to love one another, 
to nurture each other's unfoldings, to encourage each other's growth, and understand each other's fears. Help us to know that we are not alone, that we are loved and lovable. Help us to create as an act of worship to you. We ask all this in the love of God, our creator, the healing of Christ, and the creativity of the Spirit. Amen.